Hello, podcast listeners. You've reached This Marketing Life, and I'm your host, Fiona McEachran. This Marketing Life is the podcast that discusses the real-world challenges and opportunities facing today's marketing manager. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on iTunes and visit thismarketinglife.com to subscribe to future episodes and cool marketing management goodies. And if you have any questions about marketing management, please contact me. Today, I am chatting with my awesome friend and brilliant marketer, Betsy Pavlika, the VP of Social Media at marketing agency Evans Larson in Minneapolis, Minnesota in the US. Betsy lives and breathes all things social media for her clients. And while I am currently living in the corporate world, Betsy is totally living the agency dream. So welcome to the show, Betsy. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Fiona. I am so happy to talk to you. Fantastic, fantastic. So let's just get right into it. Um, And how did you get started in marketing? My background, um, I was the social butterfly in elementary school and through high school. And so uh, my mom always kind of said, you can telephone, you can telefax, and you can tell a Betsy. And that's how you can get word out about things. So I think it's kind of been destined to be in marketing uh, (laughs) since a very young age. Uh, So I went to school. Yeah, I went to school specifically for PR and I graduated and I learned more about PR on my first day of my first internship than I did in college and uh, really been part of that industry and, and seen it grow for the past 15 years. How did you get into, how did you find your internship? Um, it, it, the first internship that I had was networking, network connections. So it was the husband of someone that my dad worked with got me in uh, with his company. And back then, uh, good old networking. Oh, uh, absolutely. In the early 2000s, it was we have a press release to send out about something. We're going to print out this press release. We're going to fold it up. We're going to stuff it in an envelope and we're going to mail it out to our media list. And that was. That was PR. <laughs> and, oh my goodness! Printing press releases. I oh. I swear I barely remember the day. <laughs> Sealing the envelopes and you know, labeling all the envelopes and and uh, running everything through postage. It was just such a great use of our time back then. <laughs> wow! Uh, it sounds like kind of a, a post and pray approach. I mean, how how it, did absolutely. you know that? The, yes, it how was, did you know uh, they were received? How did you pray, know that yeah. it got out there? You would just keep your eye on the press, would you, to see if anyone picked it up? Physically keeping an eye on the press, buying newspapers and watching TV and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That and it was a lot of follow up phone calls and a lot of, uh, yeah, hoping and praying. And I can remember one day getting the Mashable morning email and I saw my my client's product in there. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know that feeling. Uh, So that was that was thrilling. It was very exciting to see that. Uh, And over the years, you know, it, it went from actually printing and mailing out press releases to having email lists and you can mail, you know, email press releases and you would actually see who opened that release and you could follow up with that person directly. And 
that's you know, sort of the first way that technology really, I think, was, wow, this is going to really change things here. The fact that it wasn't just hoping and praying that you stumble upon an article in the newspaper, um, that you can actually see who's reading and responding to your pitches and your your releases that you're sending out. Yeah, I guess it also, it sped up that that return time didn't it it like all of a sudden you had to wait for the postman to deliver the press release and hopefully they would open it but all of a sudden you were sending out emails so people were getting the message within a second so it kind of sped up the whole process in terms of when you would find out if that news release would be published absolutely it totally did uh and i would say that we kind of did that whole the emailing press releases and that was great for a few years and then um, it was probably almost 10 years ago, Facebook came out with business pages. And I, I don't remember this conversation, but my boss has mentioned it in uh, a few different meetings that I said, you know, this Facebook thing, we should really look at this for some of our clients. And she kind of gave me that look like, yeah, okay. And I was like, that's going to go anywhere. You have fun with that. <laughs> and so I did. Sure. And, and it's just exploded since there uh, with all of the different social media platforms and advertising and um, all of the data that you can collect from those different platforms and the way everything works together. Uh, it's been, it, it's, it's so exciting to see and to talk to people who understand what that change is like. And like you oh, have. Absolutely. And, and absolutely. Well, it's kind past, of just watching. How- I mean, Facebook and social media is still PR in a way, isn't it? It's just it's just changed the way that, that the PR message gets out there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think one of the things that I like doing the most is campaigns. So Facebook campaigns. And it, when you get to go in and target an audience of these are the exact people that I want to see this message. And I know where you are. And I know what else you like. And I know that I can reach you. Uh, that's really cool. And not having to rely on, uh, you know, on the local media or that reporter who covers retail and has one story a week and you hope and pray that they see it. We actually get to go to their readers directly and, um, you know, take that message. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So a lot of what we talk about now with our clients is thinking of media as sort of the ultimate influencer, where of course, it would be great to have a story in the local newspaper. But if that reporter tweets something about it, and we can uh, jump on that and capitalize on that, uh, and then put that article that they did write and share that with a wider audience, you know, how many people read the newspaper now? Not that many. So when we're able to take the, take the article and put it in front of a wider audience, that gets our client out in front of more people than are ever reliably going to pick up the newspaper. Absolutely. I mean, it's all changing leverage, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's leveraging off these additional channels that you didn't have uh, access to before. And on top of the social media, it's having pixels that you can install and Google Analytics and being able to track that data and see who is actually you know, clicking that ad and what do they do when they go to your website and where are they falling off? Um, especially looking at things from a PR side of things, we can drive a million people to a specific landing page or to a website. But if that website is not set up to be 
optimized for mobile or if it just has a terrible layout or it doesn't have a secure sure. it's SSL setting, that's that's one of the things that we really get to work with our clients on. So, uh, you know, so that there aren't failures in any campaigns, that we have the rules in place, that we understand the things that need to be in place on that site before they start collecting emails and before they start getting this other data from it. Uh, so getting to work with the clients and really help them understand what their goals are and how to look at it at a holistic way and not just, I need a campaign for this, or, you know, we need to be on Facebook. Okay. Well, what does that really mean to you? What, you know, what else are you going to do? Or is it going to be this one and done, you know, making sure that they've got those things uh, that they're considering those other term, other longer term options. True, true. So you're, you're mostly using, uh, I mean, do you consider Facebook to be the best platform at the moment? Still? Um, yes, I do. And I, I, I'm not mad at them. I'm very disappointed at them. Uh, I really hope 2019 is better in terms of data privacy and protection and the things that they're doing for their users um, and really focusing on the well-being of their users. But right now, in terms of sheer numbers, at least in the U.S., there are so many more people spending so much more time on Facebook than any other social networks that we've, we've looked at. Uh, I was doing a... Yeah, the, da- the data tells the truth. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I was talking to a uh, B2B client last week, and they were looking at some LinkedIn campaigns. And we said, you know, let's look beyond LinkedIn. You know, let's think about Twitter. Let's look at Instagram. Let's look at Facebook. And when I f- was looking at the latest numbers, it said that the average LinkedIn user in the US spends 17 minutes a month on the site compared to 17 hours a month on Facebook. And wow. When you look at that, that's seconds a day that you hope somebody might see your message compared to, you know, weeks that someone has opportunities to see your message there. Of course, of course. Hey, in terms of Facebook, I mean, I know you're working with a big wide range of clients. Um, Do you find it, uh, what are the challenges of working with so many clients or how many clients are you working with at the moment? That's a really good question. Uh, I would say one of the biggest challenges, I guess two of the biggest challenges are, uh, one, we don't have control over our clients' websites. Uh, We're starting to get that access, but without having control or being able to uh, convince them uh, to have their IT department put a pixel on the back end, uh, there's there's a lot of things that we can't do. <laughs> um, so in terms of conversions and really tracking that ROI, um, that's really challenging when you just don't have access to that data on the back end. Uh, the other thing that is challenging is so many of our clients are brick and mortar. So it's shopping malls or hair salons or uh, places that you can't you can't go there online. You have to actually put down the laptop. Physically go you, there. you have to physically go there. And so being able to track that real-time data from actual human bodies going to stores and spending money offline, um, that's a real disconnect that I'd like to uh, work on in 2019 for sure. Yeah, the challenges just keep on coming. 
you know, I think that's one of the really exciting things about being in marketing. And it's so important to have a team around you that's nimble and that can change and that understands what um, what it means when Instagram changes their API and you can't track hashtags anymore or when Facebook does something and now they're back to prioritizing content from friends and family. It doesn't, you know, it shouldn't throw a whole wrench in everything that you do, uh, but being able to adjust to those little things and tweak it as as you need to as those changes come up uh, and be prepared for any of that kind of thing uh, as it happens. Hey. In terms of, uh, you know, running these campaigns and tracking the results, I mean, you talk about using the pixel and, and measuring the campaign results. Do you use any uh, tracking software or, or how do you do, how do you report on these campaigns? What tools are you using? Oh, gosh, that is a $64 million question. <laughs> we have, of course. Uh, <laughs> I think we have about a dozen different programs that track things from broadcast placements to uh, digital placements to mentions on different social channels to blogs and to videos. We have so many different tools for tracking and other ones for monitoring and responding and other things that we use for reporting and, um, you know, whether it's exporting from Facebook or it's going into Google Analytics and doing screen grabs, there is nothing out there that we have found that can elegantly pull together all of that different data and magically put together a report that has different pieces of data and different pieces of information for the different clients uh, without... There's no one unicorn Literally a full-time... Yeah. Yes, exactly. Wow. To pull... And are you reporting monthly or fortnightly? I mean, what's the best time frame that you find for reporting? Most of our clients, we do standard monthly reports um, mm-hmm. with individual campaigns. We monitor those uh, very closely. And anytime there's some big change in what's going on, if there's a sudden spike or something stops delivering, we'll report back on that. Uh, but those are more top line. So we'll do more of a full analysis with the results at the end of the campaign or at the end of each month. Uh, and we're working on standardizing those, like I said, uh, but it is, it's hard when some clients have e-commerce and some just want to generate awareness and others want to drive traffic to physical stores, uh, trying uh, to report every, on those. Yeah. Every type of goal, every type of objective, right? Everyone's got a different one and everyone's in it wanting to achieve a different outcome for each exactly. part of the marketing funnel. Yes, and you're trying to compare apples to oranges to hamburgers to pizza. <laughs> it's all just a little bit different and special. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I mean, do you find it hard switching between the clients? I mean, it says, says someone who's – I've had some experience working agency side, but, you know, when you're going from one client and one campaign to then talking to another client about another campaign, is that easy? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, it can be challenging, especially if for new clients that are coming on, because at our agency, I am surrounded by smart, brilliant, fun, clever, creative people. And we are a finely tuned machine. And the clients that we've been working with for a while, they get it. 
they trust us implicitly. They know that if we make a recommendation, it's because we've actually been testing this and you know we've looked at your website and we can tell you that that mobile experience is going to lose people. Uh, so with its clients that we have more experience with, it's, you know, we're speaking the same language for new clients where we are onboarding them and we get to really start showing off. Um, it does there is a little bit of, um, you know, some learning, a learning curve for understanding why we're telling them things. Um, for example, a lot of clients, you know, we need to get to 10,000 fans and we can say, yes, that that's nice. But what is that going to do in the long run? True, you know, true. Having that many fans, if you're not telling them quality message or, um, you know, it, that's not that's a vanity metric. Having a lot of fans is nice, but it really doesn't mean anything on for your marketing. No, absolutely. Um, I just, in terms of all these campaigns that you're running, has has one ever gone wrong or not as expected? Um, you know, I not really because. When our clients come to us for a campaign, we will look at that and we try and I'd like to say that we've seen it all, but I, you know, next week we'll see something totally different. Uh, but understanding what could possibly go wrong, whether it's, you know, a hashtag that spells out some words in the middle that they're not seeing. <laughs> they want it to be on brand. And so they want to use this hashtag and we look at it and say, no, <laughs> there are words, you know, that's not appropriate or if their landing page isn't optimized for mobile, or if it takes 17 clicks to go from an ad to a lead capture form. Uh, you know, there are things that we can see and uh, we are very diligent and a lot of attention to detail um, in terms of seeing what could possibly go wrong and then working with the clients to mitigate that before it ever gets there. So I guess it, you're doing almost a campaign health check before the campaign even starts. Uh, yeah, I would say that we do a sort of a client health check before we start running the campaigns to begin with. Um, obviously, since we do PR, we also do crisis. So a lot of times, if we can keep our clients out of the media, we're very happy. <laughs> there are, yeah, you, you, must, you must have a wicked crisis story. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I could tell you some pretty exciting crisis stories that, uh, you know, you kind of learn when something is going to blow up and then uh, new people on the team don't really know what to look for. And then it can really escalate quickly uh, from that to, you know, holidays are just always, always crazy times for crises to come up at the last minute. Uh, so it's always you know, what day of the week is it, I guess. What, what's your most memorable crisis that you've had to manage from a marketing perspective? Oh, my gosh. There you was... You can only pick, pick one. Pick oh one. Just gosh. one. I'm trying to think of a good one. Um, there was a person who got a haircut that wasn't very good. It wasn't the worst haircut I've seen, but it was crooked. And... Uh, our job, we we manage the social media for this client and uh, we let people know, you know, this person got a haircut, she'd really like to hear from someone. 
nobody followed up with that person and she threatened to go to the media and we said, you know, Hey, you know, red flag here. She's threatening to go to the media, you know, sort of on the side thinking it's a bad haircut. No one's ever going to cover this. Oh, the media will love a bad haircut. The They'll media, be all over that. Oh, they loved a bad haircut. Uh, so this one thing that could have been completely prevented if, you know, people had followed up with this person in the first place. Uh, it it went bad, and it could have been a lot worse. Um, but it it could have been handled in a much smarter way um, if they would have responded a little bit faster. Which I think you know kind of gets back to that it, with social media. It, it's twenty four seven, three sixty five, always. You know, Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's. It's always yeah, the there, media and shop you never always closes. To, it never closes. It never, it never closes. Wow! Did the client learn from that experience? Uh, they seem you to. You hope that they do. They seem to. I think they. You know, I think all clients could use a reminder of of what can possibly go wrong every now and then. <laughs> wow! Indeed. Uh, how big is your team there in uh, Minneapolis? We have uh, 15 people on our team now, and we all, the the best thing about my office is how collaborative it is. And there's nobody fighting for each other's job. Everyone is so smart and is very secure and very, very good at what they do. So our creative manager is working closely with our PR side to know what they've got coming up in pitches and um, if we're going to need to put together a digital press kit. And our content team is always working with the creative team who knows what's coming up. You're so lucky to to be part of a creative team that you can just bounce ideas off people as well and collaborate on things like that. I think that is, I mean, what sounds to me like the big difference between being in corporate marketing or being working with one company only is you just don't have that brain network of people to go, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think of this? And I think having those extra brains to bounce off, I think that's definitely an upside of, uh, of being in an agency. I would absolutely agree with that. And uh, one of the, the coolest things, we've had a couple new people start uh, over the last six months in the media relations team. So they're doing the pitches, they're writing press releases, uh, helping with blogs and other types of content. Uh, but when we go up to them and say, okay, we're going to need a release for this, and they have the confidence to look at you, you know, this person that you've worked with for a few weeks or a few months, and say, yeah, I don't think that's really the best use of time. You know, I think we should do this as a pitch. I think this should be an email, or I think this should be a blog post. And you know, having people who aren't afraid to say, why are you doing it this way? Why is this campaign going in this direction? Why is, why is this the impetus for this pitch? Uh, is, absolutely always is, questioning yeah, so ourselves always, um, always looking for the best solution absolutely and not just you know because this is how we've always done it but trying new things looking at things a different way um, it's just absolutely invaluable brilliant so how do you stay on top of everything I mean how do you how do you how do you learn I mean obviously you sound like a uh, extensive learner always staying on top of the latest campaigns and tricks and tools and stuff like that. I mean, how, where do you get your information from? How do you stay um, in touch with what's happening in marketing? Uh, that's a great question. I have a lot of 
emails that I get every day and take time actually reading some of them. Uh, we also have a really good network at the office of, um, of different resources. And so if somebody goes to uh, content marketing world, for example, they're going to come back and they're going to share, you know, the top takeaways that they've learned, um, the most important tips, different ways to think about content, different resources. Um, we're a Facebook agency partner, and uh, we've learned so much from from that relationship. And so we'll have a meeting with them in Chicago and then come back and unload on the rest of the office and say, you know, here are three things that we learned. This is something really cool. This will be great for this client. Uh, but, you know, bringing that information and sharing it with the team, uh, not just reporting out, but actually analyzing it and, and explaining it. having a conversation having a conversation yeah. absolutely solving those not problems. just preaching to them exactly uh solving the problems before before they're a problem that's that sounds like a great way to just be always learning as a team each going out there learning things but then bringing it back and sharing it so everyone can benefit from the learnings mm-hmm. absolutely because and i'm sure you get dozens of emails every day and as much as you would like to take the time to read through every article in there. It's just not possible when there's so many things going on True. every day. <laughs> no, you're right. You'd think with all this technology, it would ha- we would have more time in our day, but somehow it just feels like we just still don't have enough. Oh, isn't that true? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, I know exactly um, that it is true. Um, I just The other thing I wanted to ask you about is, you know, if you look at the future trends of marketing, you know, you're dealing with all these clients, you're at the forefront of these trends, you're running these campaigns. Um, where do you see technology heading? And, you know, people are talking about AI taking over people's jobs and robots coming in and all this. It, to me, it still feels a little bit like nonsense because some of these companies don't even have the basics right, let alone, um, oh, let's get a chatbot on our website because let's we, we should have AI because AI is where it's at at the moment. I mean, where how do you feel about AI and, and where it fits in marketing at the moment? I think it's really exciting to think of the possibilities. Um, anytime I hear of, you know, the next big thing, I think back to when I went to South by Southwest in 2011 and QR codes were the next big thing. QR co- this is how things oh are going to get goodness. done. Oh my goodness, weren't they going to take over the they world? Were take over yes, the world in 2011. And yep. you could you'd see people trying, you'd see them on websites from people who clearly didn't understand what QR codes were for, uh, but you didn't see them anywhere practical until, you know, just recently when cameras started having that ability to scan QR codes. Um, so I, well, I don't think it's going to be taking over our jobs anytime soon. I would, I, I'd really love to see some kind of tool designed for how agencies work um, from, you know, on our team, it's Google sheets. So we've got uh, different sheets for creating and editing and routing the content for all the social channels. And then we've got different tools for publishing that content to Facebook and to Twitter and Instagram and to blogs and emails. Uh, and then streamlining the, the social media customer service and putting those reports together. So if there was some magical AI creature uh, that could combine all of those things in a way that was accessible and and customizable for agencies, 
that that would be the most amazing. That would just be amazing. <laughs> Isn't it bizarre that some of these uh, some of these predictions are so advanced when really we just need some really good technology right now to help us manage the basics? You know, a, a great reporting portal that would that would make sense to marketers, but also those business clients who don't quite see marketing from that kind of perspective. I mean, I, I know I've been looking for a tool a tool that uh, that does this, or at least helps me even put the marketing plans or campaigns into real life action and then gather that data. You're absolutely right. I think there's so many tools out there, but we just seem to be using just we have to use all of these tools for now because there's not one one tool that actually is like the go-to tool that can help us do all these things. The one tool to rule them all. Oh, wouldn't it be great? It's on my to-do list. I swear, if you hear about it, if you find one, you'll have to tell me because I swear I'm, I'm plugged into everything waiting for this magical tool to appear. You know what? Let's invent it and then we'll buy an island. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great plan, actually. I wonder who's selling an island at the moment. Oh, I did see one for sale but uh, the other day, but it, it was just kind of a little island off the coast of Australia and it looked more like mud flats. <laughs> so I wouldn't go for that one, but I'll put my thinking cap on. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll start looking too. So, uh, so now that we're, we're, we're still keeping our eye out for the unicorn software, I mean, what do you see happening in marketing next year or is it just going to be more of the same. I mean, what's what is what is going to happen for for you know 2019 or 2020? What is what is coming in our day to day life from a marketing perspective? I think it's going to be more and more obvious that everything is connected. You can't have your media team and your PR and ads and content and marketing and IT and digital. It all has to be know what the other one is doing it can't be siloed you have to have consistent oh my goodness you're absolutely right consistent goals and messaging uh across all of those different channels and your left hand has to know what the right hand is doing what the you know what's going on behind your back and it just everything is connected and uh i, I think that's yes really so so important uh and no, I, I know. I've, I've seen this too. I mean, I've noticed now in conversations with marketers here that the, the specialist marketer is not so much in demand anymore, whereas a marketer who can go across the specialties and understand just each one a little bit, but also, you know, be in touch with the tech team and be in touch with the sales team and be in touch with the PR team. The thing is, it seems to be the number one skill at the moment is the ability to make all those different silos work together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and staying on top of that and, you know, when bringing back that information and sharing it with the team and making sure that everyone knows what the latest channel changes mean and what is legal and what isn't legal on a website, uh, making sure that everyone knows the has the level playing field and then knowing who to go to to hit it out of the park. Uh, so being surrounded again by a smart and nimble team um, who is curious and fun and ready to learn and and creative and clever and all of these all of these different things that just comes together and works together and makes magic happen. Absolutely, no, I I'm completely with you on this. Um, I 
in my previous season of my podcast, I, I had a lot of questions from newbie marketers, people who are at university or looking for internships and trying to get into marketing. I mean, if you could go back to your young self, I mean, you're, I know you're still young, but your younger self um, who's starting out in marketing, I mean, what piece of advice would you give them? That's a really great question. Um, I think asking why things are done a certain way, uh, just to understand that process, what what has been done in the past to get to this system now? Um, why don't we do this other way? Why aren't we on this other channel? Uh, but asking those questions, not to, you know, in a way to play devil's advocate, and not to to be a pain in the neck for somebody else who's more experienced, but to understand the thought that went into it. And younger people have technology and tools and resources that I'm not aware of uh, because I, I haven't been in school for so long. So to hear an outside perspective and to hear a, a younger person who may be using apps that I've never heard of, or maybe on these different platforms that are up and coming that I'm not familiar with, uh, getting that input, I think, is is really important, and you know, having that relationship, finding people that you can learn from. Well, thanks, Betsy. Thanks for for everything, and um, yeah, thank thanks you, Fiona. For so, thanks for listening. If you like the show, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. Also, please visit thismarketinglife.com to view the show notes and subscribe to future episodes. I would love your feedback. If you have any burning questions on marketing management, you can ask on the website, through Twitter, on the Facebook page, or just email me at hi at thismarketinglife.com. I'm Fiona McEachran. Until next time, keep marketing.